The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello dear listeners, welcome once again to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica with a program to educating the general public and also answering most of your questions and the concerns that you may have about the religion of Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawson. This program is sponsored by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and for the knowledge of the new listeners, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam. This community believes in the advent of the reformer of the age in the person of His Holiness Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, may peace be upon him. Spread across over 200 countries, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community rejects any kind of violence against God's creation. Our motto has always been love for all and hatred for none. In the course of the program, if you wish to join us, please do so by way of text message. And the number to contact us is 876-283-9533. Again, 876-283-9533. Today on the program, we are going to look at the right of the neighbor in Islam. Islam encourages Muslims to take good care of our neighbors. And by neighbor, Islam defines the neighbor as anyone who comes in contact with you at any given time. It also describes the neighbor as, by extension, anyone who lives in about 40 houses radius you know, around your surrounding. A neighbor can be a person you share a common space with on a bus, in public space, in a plaza, anywhere. It could be at a school. So today we are going to look at the rights that the neighbor has on us and the rights that Muslims have to fulfill for the neighbor in keeping with the Islamic teachings and also ensuring that we live in a peaceful you know, environment. And to help me uh, discuss this um, very important topic, I am joined all the way from Canada by Imam Mansur Azim, who is a missionary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Imam Mansur, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and welcome to the program. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's always a privilege for me to come here and share my thoughts and opinions on this radio program that you invited me. Thank you very much. You are most welcome, Imam uh, Mansur. So as I stated, we are um, dealing with the, uh, the rights of the neighbor as entailed in Islam. The word neighbor, of course, is generally used and also has uh, several contexts. Can you take us through the basic and also the simple definition of the neighbor and then also looking at the Islamic understanding of the word neighbor. 
Yes, um, you know, this is a very simple word, neighbor. And generally, commonly, it is mostly um, mentioned or it is always used in terms of the person or the thing or the house which is right beside you in close proximity. Commonly, a person who lives across from you or from somewhere else does not include as your neighbor. That's a common understanding, right? And in Islam, especially in Islam, we have a very different understanding of what the term neighbor is. We do not go with the general terms that a person who is just beside me on the right or on the left or you know, in front of me is my neighbor. In Islam, it's a completely different understanding because it has been discussed, it has been mentioned by none other than the founder of Islam, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. He said that a person should not be this narrow-minded to confine the meaning of neighborhood to the people who are living just beside him. Rather, he said that your neighbors are 40 houses in every direction, in each direction, you know, north, south, east, west, all of those who are living in 40 houses are your neighbors. And that's a lot of houses as your neighbors. And it is necessary. You know, the holy founder of Islam, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he was here to bring a change in our community, a better change, a good change, to make this society a better community or better society, better people. And you cannot change that if your scope, if your aim is just to the houses which are right beside you. Sure. Right? Your impact, your aim, your goal should be on a larger scale. And this can only be achieved if you consider that your neighbors are the ones who are 40 houses in each direction. Right? Taking care of them will actually start a chain. If you do good to your neighbors, then your neighbors will actually go to, to their neighbors probably. And then their neighbors will do good to their. So in this manner, if we take care of 40 houses in each direction, then you can imagine what a huge impact that would be in our society, in our community, in our nation, our neighborhoods would become like heavens on earth. Okay? It will create a chain of goodness in, in people. And uh, this brings the enthusiasm to do good on a wider scale to bring peace and tranquility and happinesses and joy in everyone's life. Just a smile to your neighbor sometimes, just to ask them how they are, uh, how's everything, how's it feeling, you know, it gives peace to the neighbors as well. They know that the person who is living right beside them, they feel secure because they know them now. Uh, if you are traveling in a flight, then a person who's sitting with you is also your neighbor. Right? Imagine 40 people in all directions. That would cover the whole aircraft. That would cover yeah. the whole school. That would cover the whole class. And this is how wider scope that the Prophet, the founder of Islam, the Holy Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, has mentioned that this is how we consider as over neighbors in Islam. As, as, as you stated um, in your um, the definition of, or the general definition of the neighbor, usually is uh, referred to the one who lives um, right either on your left or on your right or before or you know behind i mean in terms of um, the residential position however islam gives us this understanding of um, 40 houses radius 
and if you do that calculation a rough calculation will bring you to about 6400 houses <laughs> that 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 you know falls under this definition of a neighbor if you take it 40 people i mean 40 houses on your right and the 40 houses on your left that is 80 you know houses i mean in a row if you take it also from top to bottom so it's going to be 80 houses times 80 houses where you might you might assume yourself to be in the middle in the center of this uh, equation and that is about 6400 households so uh, islam takes the definition you know quite broader than just um, limiting it to only four houses you know around you after you know taking us through this this is quite um, important and um, that brings us as to why we need to discuss this topic today what then are the the rights that the neighbors have on us as muslims after we have understood the islamic definition of the word neighbor by this description we have given what rights do the neighbors have on a muslim well um, you know neighbors have um, been given many rights in islam as i mentioned you know the holy prophet he has he has instructed to take care of the rights of the neighbors a lot but first, uh, the book that we believe on, um, the Holy Quran, that's the spiritual book of Islam. I want to mention a verse from, from that book. And uh, in this uh, chapter, in the Holy Quran, chapter 4, verse 37, God instructed us to worship one God first. The second commandment that God, God mentions is to take care of the parents. And the third commandment in the series is that God says to take care of your neighbors, regardless if you know them or if you do not take good care of your neighbors. So this is what Allah Ta'ala says. And this is very similar to the verses in Christianity as well. For example, you know how Jesus says in Christianity, uh, love your God, your Lord, with all your soul, with all your heart and all your mind. This is the first yeah. commandment. The second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. So in the same manner, I have huge respect for Christianity as well. And I believe that every religion teaches the same. But, um, you know, the Holy Quran says that first, love your Lord, God. Then the second right is to the parents. And the third is given to the neighbors. And we can imagine, you know, this is in the series wise. The parents actually live in your house. And you can only do good to others if you're actually doing good to someone in your own house. Yeah, yeah. First, someone who's living in your heart is God. And then the second people, Allah Ta'ala says, God says to take care of your parents who live with you, who, who have uh, you know, given birth to you, to take care of them. And third, the Holy Quran mentions to take care of your neighbors. So this is uh, third in, in the change of, chain of command in Islam. And many a times I've seen, you know, this very last part where God says that take care of them regardless if you know them or not. This is the very one reason, the one hindrance that I've seen, one stop that I've seen people do not or cannot take care of their neighbors because they, they just say that we don't know our neighbors who they are. Right? How can we take care of them? So the answer to this question, the only hindrance between you and your taking care of your neighbors is that you are unaware of your neighbor. If you're unaware, then probably you are not able to take care of them. And this is why Quran, the Holy Quran, the Holy Book has also mentioned 
to take care of them, regardless if you know them or not. Yeah. When you start to take care of them, when you start to go to them, when you start to ask them how they are, especially during COVID-19 times, we all know we need someone, a face, a person who takes care of us all the time. And if that's be your neighbor, then it's well and good. It's the best, best thing. So if you start to take care of your neighbors, you will, you know, start to know them more. And there will be a kind of a, a safe relation that will be formed between you and your neighbors. You will feel secure even at the night. And you'll know that I know my neighbors, he, is, he or she or they are the good people. We are not scared of our neighbors anymore. So this is what the Holy Quran has enjoined. But, uh, you know, this taking care, this is a small term, but it has very deep meaning. How can we take care of someone? Right? Yeah. So the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is offering this as well. That how we can take care of our neighbors. So it is uh, narrated from the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of God. He said that um, a companion narrates that I heard the Holy Prophet, may Allah be peace with him. He said that a man is not a believer who fills his stomach while his neighbor is hungry. Imagine the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah has said that we cannot even be Muslims. We cannot call ourselves Muslims if we have filled our stomach, if we have taken belly full of food and our neighbor is starving. How can we call ourselves Muslims? So the definition of Muslim, according to the Holy Prophet ﷺ, peace and blessings of God be upon him, says that you can only be a Muslim if you take care of your neighbor. And in another narration, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of God be upon him, he said that um, you know, uh, when he said to take care of your neighbors, to feed them if they are starving, the companions or the Muslim at that time, they were not in a very good financial status. They didn't have a good financial, you know, status or condition or money sitting in their banks or having a, a lot of saving. They were also poor. Some of them didn't have food for days. Yeah. They were starving as well. So the Holy Prophet's peace and God, a peace of uh, peace and blessings of God be upon him. He went further and he said that even if you cook some some meat or some stew, then add some water to it and give that stew to your neighbors. Okay. So, so the, the the purpose of um this this hadith, I guess, is that um in order not to give the excuse that the food is not sufficient, just you know add some I mean kind of water or whatever. It, it might yeah. reduce the taste. However, you'll be able to share, you know, with your neighbor, I mean, for, for each one of you to, to have their belly, you know, to um, a manageable um, level. That's, that's, I think, the, 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 the import of that. Yeah. So yeah. basically, you're sacrificing your taste for the well-being of your neighbor. Sure, right? sure. So I remember, you know, just by this, another incident of, um, of a saint and his neighbor. So it is mentioned, it is narrated in the books of Islam that a saint, a pious person, a very righteous person once saved uh, some money for years to travel to Hajj, Saudi Arabia to perform the pilgrimage. And you know, uh, Ibrahim, yeah, sir, yeah, we Muslims, yeah. it, a dream come true if we be able to perform pilgrimage in our life. Sure. If we be able to do Hajj. So this saint, he saved some money for years to fulfill his dream. And when he finally saved enough money he packed his bags and was about to travel when he smelled something cooking in his neighbor. 
right? His neighbor was cooking something, some yeah. meat. So this saint was also very poor. You know, he was saving money to travel to perform the pilgrimage for years now. And uh, he thought that, you know, I'm about to travel. It's a long journey. I should ask my neighbor if he has anything to share so that I can have some meat as well. Okay? Yeah. So he went to the neighbor, knocked on the door and asked that, you know, I'm this neighbor and the person who lives just right beside you. And I was about to travel to Saudi Arabia to perform the pilgrimage. And it's a very long journey. It would be difficult for me. Um, will you be kind enough to share some meat with me so that I can, you know, have some meats, have some food. It would be easier for me. And also, if you'd be kind enough so that I can take some with me as well, just a loaf of bread or maybe some meat would be good. That neighbor, you know, that neighbor, when he looked at the saint, he knew that, you know, he was a saint, he was a righteous person, he was a godly person. And he said that, oh, saint, you are a very godly person. You're a righteous person. That's why you're going to the pilgrimage. Yeah. This meat that I'm making, I'm cooking, is only permissible. It's halal for me and not for you. Now, this saint, this righteous person who was at his door, he was very surprised. You know, what kind of meat is it that is permissible halal for, for my neighbor and not me? He's also a Muslim. I am also a Muslim. Whatever is halal for him is also halal for me. And by halal, you mean lawful because in Islam, there are some categories of food which are, I mean, described categories as lawful to eat and some food which are not lawful, just as also we have some examples in the Bible. Yes, exactly. So the neighbor mentioned this is not a lawful, you know, it's not permissible, it's not halal for for you. And the saint was very surprised. He said, you know, what kind of meat is it that you're eating, which is not halal for me? (laughs) So the neighbor, he said that, Actually, he was hungry for many days. He was starving for many days. And he had a donkey for work, right? And he he was unable to find any work for days. And the condition went to such that he was about to die. So he said to the saint, to the righteous person, that I slaughtered my, my only donkey. The only means that I had to earn. I had to slaughter it to survive. I cooked it so that I can save my own life. So this is donkey's meat that I'm cooking. As I was destitute, it was lawful to me now and not for you anymore. <laughs> you know, this, this is a story. You know, it's a lesson in the story as well. So the saint, he listened to this story and started crying, listening to this, to this neighbor. And said wow. that, you know, you, you told me that I'm a righteous person. I'm a godly person. And how can I consider myself godly or righteous anymore when I... I'm going to perform the pilgrimage with such and such amount that I've saved for years, saved for years, right? And I'm leaving my neighbor in such a condition that he had to cook his only way of earning a living, his own donkey. He had to slaughter it to survive. How, you know, how can I call myself a godly person? How can I call myself a righteous person? So that saint gave away all his saving, all the saving that he did for the pilgrimage. To the neighbor and did not go to perform that anymore and uh, that night god, god told him in his dream that his pilgrimage was accepted due to his kind deed Marshall, yeah that's 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 a very good a very good um you know um example you have given like a person who had just just use it you know sometimes when you talk about the pilgrimage like those who might not have 
any direct link to the pilgrimage um let me just bring it to a person who might have um, had some savings done either to travel to any overseas country going to us or going to canada or uk and the very day you are about to go you have your ticket you have your money with you you bought your ticket everything is ready you find out that your neighbor is going through such a difficulty that he had to um kill the only source of livelihood as as meat and for that reason you stop you don't undertake the journey but then you help the person with the money you have that is that is a, a great you know a deal of sacrifice anyone could you know undertake yes and indeed it was required because that saint that the righteous person knew the instructions the the commandments of the holy prophet muhammad peace be upon him another occasion you know why he did it because you know the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of god he once said that anyone who believes in god and the last day should good be should be good to his neighbor and anyone who believes in god and the last day should be generous to his guest right and yeah. anyone who believes in the god in god allah and the last day should say what is good or be silent so these are the three things which hazrat muhammad peace and blessings of god so the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam first he mentioned that you cannot be a muslim you cannot call yourself a muslim if you are not good with your neighbor second the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam this narration says that you know if your belief is on god and the last day you know that you will be going to presenting in front of god one day then you should be good to your neighbor otherwise you know you will be judged in a way which is not result in 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 favor of you briefly i would like to mention a few more narrations few more hadith of the holy prophet how to what extent to what degree he went to take care of the neighbors and ensure that his followers are also taking care of the neighbors so once um, he he said he mentioned that the neighbor the best of the it is narrated from him that he said that the best of companions in the sight of allah almighty is the best of them towards his neighbors right yeah so you know many a times i've seen people asking themselves that are we good people or are we bad people are am i a good person or am i a bad person so according to this narration that i'm just mentioned the holy prophet peace and blessings of sorry, god sorry. has uh, has mentioned that if you want to know you are a good person or a bad person then ask your neighbor because he says that the best of neighbors in the sight of allah is the best Uh, of them towards uh, towards his or her neighbor right so if you want to know if you are a good person or a bad person then ask your neighbor if he or she says or they say that you are a good person then it means you are a good person if they say you are a bad person then you are a bad person this is how simplified the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of god be upon him has mentioned because you know sometimes we are not even aware of the things that we are doing with others in a society in a nation if we cannot take care of our neighbors uh, his or her rest time when they will be going to the job and we have you know turned on the music loud enough in the night which is causing pain to our neighbors then how can we claim ourselves a good person if in the same manner you know uh, the holy prophet peace and blessings so, he said that a person whose neighbors are not safe from his evil will not be able to enter paradise right so again the ultimate prize of a muslim whatever we do we do for the sake of god and for the sake of the ultimate prize which is the paradise 
And the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of God be upon him, he says that, you know, you will be denied that ultimate prize if you are not good with your neighbors. So that's, you know, everything, whatever we do is for that ultimate goal, ultimate achievement, ultimate prize of our goodness, of our righteousness, for the sake of God and for that paradise. But yet, if we forget to take good care of our neighbors, we will not be able to, to enter that paradise, that ultimate, you know, prize achievement that we sacrifice so much for. So neighbors are necessary part of our going, achieving that prize that we have, you know, sacrificed so much for. And I, I believe if, you know, that, that is one of the things that is missing in our society today, the uh, taking care of the right of the neighbor. If we did, I believe most of the societal ills would have been, you know, taken care of. I, I can recall when, you know, growing up, the whole society uh, would consider any child as their own. And that is how we used to grow up. So you can just enter any house and then, you know, make yourself comfortable. For instance, if your uh, parents either have gone to the market or they've gone to, they've traveled or even they've gone to the farm, you can confidently, you know, um, enter any house as a child and then they are going to take care of you. Today, the situation has completely, you know, changed and everybody has become so to say, like individualistic, they only think about themselves, their immediate families, and that is it. However, the Prophet Muhammad Sallam, the holy founder of Islam, is reported to have uh, said that the uh, angel Gabriel or Jibrail kept rec I mean, recommending treating the neighbor with kindness. And the angel repeated this so much that at a point he felt that. Um, a commandment will come that the neighbor also has a share in the inheritance. This is how much um, the, the, the uh, volume of recommendation was for Muslims to take good care of the neighbor. And he did not just end it there. He also told Muslims that even in our building, if you are building, don't extend your walls so high so as to block the air passage into the your neighbor's house and today we we see almost contrary across everywhere people you know would just show how rich they are by without taking care of the neighbor building you know even if it's going to block the air passage and other things so these are some of the things um as muslims we try as much as possible to uh practice and also encourage others to um you know live by such teachings I, my next question for you is that, of course, um, people who might have uh, joined us will be so interested after having listened to this. If they want to um, take them, I mean, uh, avail themselves of this important assignment as taking care of the neighbor, but then they have no idea what forms of help they can give to their neighbors, what do you suggest, what do you recommend uh, as as you know, several modes that they can uh, adopt to help their our neighbors? Well, there definitely can be several ways. Uh, to be honest, the first and the very first step towards uh, achieving the bigger achievement is by knowing your neighbor, right? That's the yeah. first step. If you are unable to know your neighbor, you will not be able to take care of them. Or you wouldn't even know what they need, what their needs exactly, are. Exactly. Sometimes, you know, um, some religions, 
if let's say your neighbor is of of uh, another religion there might yeah. be some food that they might not be eating for example i know for certain that some of the jews in judaism they do not uh, eat pigs as well same as the muslims yeah. so if your neighbor let's say is a jew and you send let's say cooking pork then it will be um it, it, it definitely will not be good right some of yeah. them do not drink alcohol for example right you can ask them and then you can give them whatever you want similarly other things as well sometimes uh, if you want to give them closer for example right if you do not know how many children they have it might not end up well in, in your favor if you want to take care of them this might yeah. even cause a, you know disputes and brothers and sisters that you know, my neighbor has just given to you and not to the other sibling, right? So, sure. so, so I think the first step towards the destination is by knowing your neighbor, right? But just, you know, start listening to them, you know, just for, be, be there for them. That's the first step in, in the right direction. And especially during COVID-19, I, I started with this, I mentioned this, especially today and now at days, I know that people are doing physical distancing, but to whoever I have talked to, they need a person who they can count on, right? A, a smile in the morning uh, when they are going to the work, maybe just enough. And when they come back to their home from work, a smile, a person asking them, how was your day, right? Yeah. This are, you know, these are very few steps, just start, but it means a lot to your neighbors, right? Asking them if you need something, if you are injured or something, you know, making medicine, providing something to them, right? If yeah. the whole neighborhood, if the whole nation is like this, then we can flourish as a community, as a nation. We, you know, we'll be seeing a different change in a wider scope. And we need to be together at this time. It can only be if we are taking care of our neighbors. We don't have to be, you know, on the same page, on the same opinion, on the same religion, if we want to take care of each other. The Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of God be, be upon him, he did not discriminate anyone due to their religion. Of all the narrations that I have mentioned or that you have mentioned, have, is there any one narration which says that you should take care of only the Muslim neighbors? None. There's nothing like that. Yeah. Even, you know, when I was mentioning the Prophet Jesus, he did not discriminate anyone when he said that love thy neighbor as yourself. Yeah. As this commandment, he did not. Right? So we don't have to be on the same religion to take care of each other. We don't have to be on the same opinion to take care of each other. A community, a neighborhood, a nation can only flourish when they know the differences, difference of opinions, and yet they respect them. So we don't have to be following the same religion to take care of each other, right? A sure. community, a neighborhood, a nation can only flourish when they know the differences of each other. They know the differences of opinions of one another, and yet they respect them. You know they are non-Muslims, you know they are not Christians, you know they are not Hindus, you know they are not Jews, and you know that they are not following the same religion as you, and yet you take care of them. That's how nations are built. They are flourished, and you form a healthy environment for your family, for your children, uh, upbringing. So um, that is uh, very important. Basically, knowing the neighbor entails a lot. As uh, we said in the beginning, without knowing your neighbor, you would never know what their needs and wants are so that you might uh, try to contribute to uh, facilitating those needs for them. 
But then there is also a very important benefit that um, we derive if we are interlinked as you know good neighbors. We form some kind of um, you know security uh, fence around ourselves so that if something bad is um, about to happen to the other, the other one could uh, you know call in. We have instances where people who share common world don't even speak to each other, and then um, one goes to work. I leave the the clothes hanging on the line and it's raining the other neighbor has no i mean cannot does not even even feel that kind of a safe environment to remove the clothes and keep it for the other one these are not things that i mean help basically and um at this point let me let, let's carry the conversation to a little bit uh, broader level let's look at the global sense when we talk about the word neighbor can we have some extension, I mean, to, to that also, in terms of country to country? It definitely has, you know, it definitely has an extension. We, you know, it, it, it actually means everything. The same rules that are applied on a smaller scale or a smaller unit must be applied on a larger scale, on regional, provincial, and national and international levels. Otherwise, we will not be able to accomplish when, what we need to accomplish as, as a country. Are we not aware of what's happening in the world right now? Nations fighting nations, neighbors, you know, neighboring nations fighting another neighboring yeah. nations. Yeah. Okay? So if I, if I ask you, Imam Ibrahim said, if a house next to your neighbor is burning, not your neighbor, actually next to your neighbor is burning, will you sleep in peace? You can't, you can't, because um, even 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 if you think your yours is secured, you might not be be secured because the fire can extend from that house to your neighbor's house into your house. Exactly. Yeah. Although that house or that country is your not your neighbor, but you will definitely you know feel the smoke, sure. feel the fire, feel the heat. It might not reach you at that moment, at that point, but if you do not, if you don't do anything about it, then that fire will definitely reach. And I think this is this is what we, we, we see in the international you know uh, scale. Um, some countries which thought that um, some wars in other countries was none of their business. At the end of the day, when the violence in those countries escalated, the citizens have to they, they had to flee and entered those countries which initially thought that it was none of their business. So they had this refugee crisis. And if you look at Syria, Turkey, and other, you know, some European countries, they are going through such difficulties. However, in the initial stage, if they went into assist, they might not have this crisis on their shoulders. Exactly. You know, as I mentioned, this example that I just mentioned, you know, if a house is burning, you might have to take water from your own house to extinguish that fire so that yeah. it might not burn your family, your children, or it might not damage your property. So you have to sacrifice something if a house, you know, just a few houses away is burning. You have to give something from your own house. You have to give your force. You have to, you know, work with your neighbors to extinguish that fire. Otherwise, the whole neighborhood will burn. So if one country, if one house is burning in your neighborhood, then everyone, there is a responsibility for everyone to, to, to extinguish that fire. Otherwise, it will burn the whole, whole household. Right? And the crisis will be everywhere. So this is what you know, we need to do. We need to close them. We need to provide shelters to our neighbors on a smaller scale as well as on an international level. 
you know, just because I'll give you one more example, just because, you know, uh, you see that someone in your neighborhood has an apple tree in their, their courtyard, in their yard, in their lawn, and you ask the neighbors to give that apple to you. If that neighbor does not provide that apple to you, it does not mean that you can forcefully obtain that apple or you burn the whole house just to get, to get, to get the, apple. the apple. Yeah. Yes, just because you know your neighbors have minerals or oils in their yards, in their lands, does not mean that you have any right to take it. Burning their houses, you know, fleeing their their inhabitants, damaging. You know how much, how many lives have we lost just because of this uh, oil crisis? Greed, 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 and the, yeah. So at, the, if, at the international level, on an international level, completely yeah. and. The same goes, you know, they did not have that apple tree in their yard and they wanted, you know, from someone else's house, an apple. So they burnt their whole house. They burned their families. They burned their children. They burned the, the owner of that house just to get their apple, just for one time satisfaction, right? So that's greed. That's barbarism. And that's what we are seeing everywhere nowadays. If we talk about, let's say, Kashmir, Indo-Pak relations, these are neighboring countries. If we talk about Indo-China, India-China relations, Palestine-Israel relations, or Saudi Arabia-Yemen relations, or Turkey-Syria relations, all of those, these countries are actually neighbors. And yet they don't go, go along with one another. And this resulted in the lack of peace in the whole region. And thus the whole world is actually, the peace of the whole world is jeopardized. So, so there are some good examples as well. I think one of the, the best example that I can give of the international relations is probably the European Union right? how the, the countries in the European Union, they have taken care of their neighbors. I think this is exactly how we should extend this by, and, uh, you know, by extending our neighbors to 40 houses, 40 countries around us, right? Just imagine if that is the case, then how much tranquility, peace will be around the world, around you know, over, over generations, our progenies will actually be living in peace if we are able to do it today, if we are able to accomplish this today. You mentioned the case of the apple, but then the apple you referred to it as the, um, the oil greed. If you look at the international scale, the oil reserved countries that have you know, the largest oil reserve, we talk about Venezuela, and we know what is going on in Venezuela now. Um, this this crisis, which is being fueled by some external forces, and it is the same uh, oil case. We another uh, country that also has um, significant amount of oil reserve. If you are counting the top ten countries, Iran also comes in there, and we know the crisis. Basically, how the international community treats Iran. We look at Iraq, and you know we we see Libya, and yeah, we see we see Nigeria. Some of these countries, as you know, the statistics show, have the largest oil reserve. And for that apple, which some neighbors, some households don't have, but then the other household have, they would want to go and, you know, burn that house in order to get that apple. And by this, the definition of the, the oil, as you, as you said, said. You know, I, I happened to go to Uganda for one month and I was there talking to the emirs of the president of uh, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community over there. And he said that, you know, um, Mansoor, you know, he was referring to me, you know, yeah. he said that we are very fortunate that we do not have oil in our land. Otherwise, we would have the same devastation 
in the other countries that we are seeing today. So we are fortunate. I say we are fortunate that we do not have oil. Because, you know, you have mentioned all these countries. Yeah. Their houses, these countries are burned. Their children, their families are actually burned, killed. It's starved just to get that apple. Let's look at the Ahmadiyya Muslim community now. Of course, we always say that as members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, we try as much as possible to put to practice the um, teachings, the teachings that are contained in Islam. Can you share with us some of the activities that the Ahmadiyya Muslim community has rolled out either recently or in the past or still doing which are geared towards helping the neighbor and if you could also factor in particularly during this COVID crisis in Canada, basically. In Canada, yes, I can talk about Canada, yes. <laughs> so Canada in here, uh, we, you know, even before, for example, I'm a missionary in Lord Minster is a city. Yeah. So in around 300 kilometers of radius, I have been to every reserve, almost, almost, almost every town that we can go to 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 go check on the people and organize some of the programs over there. I have been to some of the indigenous people of Canada's reserves, around 23 of them within that comes within 300 kilometers of nowhere I can easily go and come back in the night. So I've been there myself. You know, this is just a local, what we are doing here. Yeah. And every community in here in Canada, you know, every city, wherever the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is established, wherever they have, uh, you know, people, they are going to the other neighborhood, neighboring towns, taking care of them, organizing programs over there, asking for people what they want, organizing some of the charity runs over there to support their hospitals, their medical facilities, right? The, the towns, the places where we do not even have our members yet. So we are taking care of others so that they can build their hospitals, their clinics, their medical facilities. Similarly, um, some, some local programs, for example, every, um, every New Year, uh, New Year's Eve, we go to the neighborhood of our mosque in here in Lloydminster. And in, in almost all the cities where the, the community, the MDM Muslim community established to deliver chocolates and gifts to the, through the neighbors. And uh, recently we uh, went to, it was in the COVID-19 times that you yeah. know, a lot of people have lost their jobs. So we started this a nationwide campaign, which was called the Neighborhood Helper Campaign, in which we went to people and uh, we shared, uh, you know, a lot of groceries. So we gave the helpline and they call on that helpline to, to ask us if they require any groceries, we will provide free groceries to them. We will provide free prescription medicines to them. We will, you know, run errands for them if they don't feel it's safe to come outside. And some of the seniors, some of the people who are doing self-isolation just because they have traveled outside of the province or outside of the country, they cannot leave their house. Yeah. So we will go and provide all, everything that they require to them. Right? We will also do some of the households for them. So this is what we are doing in, in Canada. Thank you very much. And um, if you just joined us, you are listening to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica with our usual program to answering your questions and also your concerns and all that you need to know about the religion of Islam. Today we are talking about the rights of the neighbor as, you know, taught in Islam, the way Islam expects that Muslims should take care of their neighbors, and not only Muslims. By extension, the rights of neighbor uh, means that the way we should all take care of our neighbors. And I have Imam 
uh, Mansour Azim, who is a missionary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in Canada, who is helping uh, me with the dis I mean, doing the discussion. Um, over here in Jamaica, also we have, you know, rolled out a lot of activities in the past and some also in quite recent time during the COVID crisis. We started with those who live in close proximity um, to our headquarters, our mosque, or our centers, either in Trelawney or in St. Catherine or in, in other places. So what we have done some in the past is that uh, we have organized, you know, sporting activities to engage the youth within the, um, the community um, to, you know, to the path of being useful to the society. We have also organized some cleanup exercises where we clean um, the city, I mean, of Old Harbor and its surrounding. We, we've done that, I think, a couple of times with our youths. We have also education programs such as summer camp. And this year, um, had it not been the COVID, we do it something that we do almost in every July during the summer. And uh, we organize um, summer camp free of charge for about over 50 to you know 60 students. We engage teachers, we pay the teachers, we also give the students snacks. So every student that you know attend the class, they don't just enjoy the free education, but they also get some, you know, some meal to, um, you know, enjoy. And then among the education uh, activities we have done is also back to school, where we would provide, you know, school supplies to some deserving and, I mean, needy students for them to um, at least ease the burden of the shoulders of their parents. So these are some of the activities we have also organized um cell phone rep repair classes where we invited experts from overseas who would come and you know educate give some classes teachings um as to how to repair cell phone and some of people i mean the people who attended they are very much delighted for it we have also in the past had what is known as the adult literacy classes which has helped a lot of um, you know um, adults who were not able to read and write in the community, and now they are able to you know um, read and you know also could um, write some things that they would prefer that nobody would you know come in between them and the recipient. So these are some of the activities that the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica has done. And in I mean recent time during the COVID, uh, we also organized a program. Um, the neighborhood uh, helper where sessions of our youth were, you know, tasked with the responsibility of sending food supplies to some deserving homes during the lockdown. People who were locked down and basically food has become scarce. So we also supplied this not only once, a couple of um, times that um, our youth did supply some food items, not only in, in, in St. Catherine, but also in Trelawney. So these are some of the things. I can't, I can't mention all. Oh, um, paying school fees for some needy students have also been on our list. So um, I know time is not too much on our side, but these are some of the activities we have undertaken. If I should ask you to wrap up, um, what would be your final words? Um, you know, the world that we are living in today is in 
a devastated state, right? Yeah. And if we want to bring um, a change, a good change for our families, for our children to live in this world, then we have to take care of our neighbors on a wider scale, right? It cannot just be your neighbors right beside you. You have to take care of your neighborhood. You have to take care of your city. You have to take care of your province. You have to take care of the nation. And on an international scale, you have to stand for the people who are devastated. The house, the country that is burning, which is not probably not right beside you, but the smoke, the heat, the fire will definitely reach you someday. Therefore, we need to stand for humanity. We need to stand for our labors. We need to widen our scope to do good to others. And this is, I think, the world, um, which is a better world, we, we will be able to leave for our generations, for our children. Thank you very much, Imam Mansoor Azim, for joining us today. And to our listeners, it's another interesting uh, you know, experience to have you join us on today's program. And um, before I bring the program to an, I mean, a close, I would want that I will take about three or four minutes to um, listen to an advice on the same topic, the rights of neighbor, that the head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, His Holiness Mirza Masrur Ahmed, gave during a recent you know, inauguration of one of the mosques. Islam repeatedly emphasizes the rights of one's neighbors and instructs Muslims to be considerate to their needs. For example, chapter 4, verse 37 of the Holy Quran imposes a code of moral values which true Muslims must adopt and live their lives by. And it guides them about how to interact with other members of society. Where on the one hand, the verse states that Muslim must worship Allah, the Almighty alone, and not associate any partner with him. It also commands them to show compassion and love to all mankind. First of all, the verse calls on Muslims to treat their parents with tenderness and affection. As our parents are the people who have loved us selflessly and made countless sacrifices for our benefit. Thereafter, Muslims are taught to be loving and sincere to their relatives and friends. They are taught to be sympathetic to orphans and to all people who are suffering or are vulnerable in any way. The verse then categorically states that Muslims must fulfill the rights of their neighbors, including those with whom they have personal relations and those with whom they do not. Fulfilling the rights of neighbors means that Muslims must treat their neighbors with grace and compassion and be ever ready to help them in their times of need and in times of grief. It means to respect them and to hold them in the highest regard. 
Furthermore, according to Islam, the definition of neighbor is extremely far-reaching. The founder of Islam, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, stated that a person's neighbors are not just those who live in the immediate vicinity, but include at least the nearest 40 houses. Additionally, Quran teaches that a person's neighbors include his, uh, include his uh, uh, work colleagues and travel companions. In light of this, we consider all of the people living in this area and even those who may travel in, on the roads near the site as our neighbors. Consequently, it is incumbent upon all Ahmadi Muslims, whether they live here at Islamabad, whether they live locally, or even if they just travel here to attend the prayers, to follow the laws, to be considerate at all times, and to fulfill the rights of our wide circle of neighbors, and to try to ensure that no distress or disturbance is ever caused to them. So uh, with this advice from the head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, we draw the curtains on today's program, that is the rights of the neighbor, and this is all that time would allow us on today's program. Please help me say a very big thank you to Imam Mansur Azim, who joined us all the way from Canada, and also all those who contributed to today's program making it a success and also our studio engineers until we come your way next time with another interesting episode from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community please stay safe and during this crisis let's try and abide by all the safety protocols praying that God the Almighty takes care of us as we also seek to take care of ourselves our motto has always been love for all and hatred for none. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
بلغلولہ بکمالہ کشف دجا بجمالہ بلغلولہ بکمالہ کشف دجا بجمالہ حسن جمیو خسالہ سلو علیہ وآلہ سلی علیہ نبینا سلی Thank mm-hmm. you.